The Warriors are back on top, right where they belong. Happy holidays, Dub Nation. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dub Nation. I'm Cyrus Satsas, the host of Locked On Warriors. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. And again, happy holidays. Hope everyone, if you're celebrating Christmas, had a Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, whatever you celebrate, hope it was great. If you're just simply on vacation, hope your vacation's going amazingly. Uh, Dieter Kernbach is in Florida. He's going to be hosting this program tomorrow. But for today, I'm just going to basically recap what was a glorious weekend of Warriors basketball. Um, they had not one, but two really stringent tests uh, in the form of opposition. They played the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday. They played uh, the Phoenix Suns on national television on Saturday. That game is really the one that we're going to be talking about and, and briefly recapping just because of the significance of it, just because of the fact that with that win, uh, never mind the fact that my opinion is that the Warriors are the best team in the NBA. Now there's a measurable confirming it. They have the best record once again at 27 and six. They're a half game up on the Suns. Again, I mean, how much happier can you be, Dub Nation, than knowing that your team has the best record in the NBA and they're the favorites to win the championship? I don't think there's any question or debate or doubt about that. Um, they are the top dogs. Uh, and of course, with that uh, comes people sniping out, right? The moment your team is on top, everyone's looking up at you. Uh, Warriors players have mentioned how other teams are gunning for them because they're the favorites. Uh, a lot of people have very short memories in, in terms of the fact that for two years, the Warriors were barely relevant. Uh, two years ago, they were one of, if not the worst teams in the NBA, uh, which resulted in James Wiseman, and I hope we get to see him play soon. And if you listen to the last episode uh, with Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian, um, he provided some great news in terms of both his coverage of James Wiseman back when he played for Memphis, the University of Memphis under Penny Hardaway, um, but also in terms of the correlation between Wiseman's uh, meniscus injury and then Jaron Jackson Jr.'s previous meniscus injury, both of which were incredibly similar um, and Wiseman's recovery is, is very similar to what Jaron Jackson was dealing with. And if you're watching Jaron Jackson Jr. play right now, you're seeing a very productive player. You're seeing a borderline dominant player. And so Warriors fans, you should be encouraged and excited from that because hopefully that's what we'll also see from uh, James Wiseman uh, when he comes back. Um, but first things first, I want to share. Uh, so for those of you watching on YouTube, if you're listening uh, to the podcast, I'll, I'll read verbatim what... Uh, I'm going to be sharing, but I finally figured out this great tool uh, that lets me share other uh, windows on my screen. So for uh, the, the YouTube program, this is a fantastic feature. Um, and I'm first going to share uh, this tweet. And I'm obviously going to read it out loud for those of you, again, that's, that are listening to the podcast right now. Um, and I really hope I figured this out so everyone can see what is on my screen right now. And this is a, a tweet from... Eddie Johnson. He's a former player, fantastic shooter. Um, he's also part of the Suns broadcast team. Um, and shortly after the game, uh, he, he sent his tweet out. So basically he is quote tweeting someone else who wrote, 
I love reading Warriors fans saying we lost to a team missing Iggy, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, etc. They're also missing some other players, by the way. Damian Lee, if you know the Warriors, he's a significant absence right now. He's a big part of this team. Uh, James Wiseman's obviously been out for the year. Um, but anyways, the point is, and, and, and Moses Moody was not available, although his impact's been minimal so far to start the season. But anyways, this this uh, Twitter user at uh, Raging Phoenix went on to say, had we won, they would have said the same thing. How do we win? Great game overall. Porter hit big shots, but can he do that every game? I don't think so. Then Eddie Johnson jumped in and said, exactly. And hopefully we'll have Sarich and Kaminsky back. Warrior fans don't know any better. These losses over last few years still haunt them. KD is not walking through that door to help again. Warriors fans, you know you are relevant when people are coming at the team with blatantly ignorant, blatantly uneducated, blasphemous hyperbole like this. First of all, the last time I checked, few refers to three years or more. The Warriors had one bad year. Everyone forgets last year, the Warriors did finish, still finish with the eighth best record in the Western Conference, which prior to the playing years would have granted them an entrance into the NBA playoffs. But because of the playing system, they played the Lakers in uh, an incredibly memorable game, LeBron's last shining moment in the playoffs that we may ever see again. Um, and then they lost the game to the Memphis Grizzlies, who I have tremendous respect for. But a few years, I mean, that's, that's stretching it for one. But never mind. I, I'm, I'm nitpicking there. The point is, look, the Warriors do not need Kevin Durant. And this is going to be an insult to KD, and his supporters might be offended at me saying this, but Kevin Durant to me, and look, I'm being paid here for my opinions, and a lot of this is incredibly subjective. I do hope these are educated opinions based on research that I'm providing you, but Kevin Durant has proven to me that while he is one of the greatest players this game has ever seen, he's never going to carry a team to a world championship himself. He is going to live off those final MVPs, the two he earned with the Warriors, and good for him. And, you know, a lot of Dub Nation still loves KD. All I want personally from KD is just an explanation for why he bailed, why he caused that much dissension, why he caused so much distraction that final year. Uh, just say it. I do believe that the fan base here in the Bay Area, the same fan base that showed KD an incredible amount of love and support while he was here those three years is owed an explanation of why you bailed. You never gave a reason. Yes, it is Kevin Durant's right. It is any free agent's right to lead and join any team they want to join with who's offering them a contract. But it's also my right as a Warriors fan to complain when a player that came here for three years that won two championships who couldn't win without the Warriors. Newsflash, the Warriors have already proven they can win without Durant. But the Warriors have already proven they can win without him. And, and Durant has not proven the same for himself in this team sport. And all I want is just an explanation. Like, did you actually not like Stephen Curry getting more attention than you? Is that the reason? Okay, fine. That's petty. That's immature. 
It's a blatant sign of insecurity, but fine. At least you're explaining yourself. You have been transparent and forthright with the community that supported you for three years. Again, with nothing but love and admiration. So that, that's my right to complain and say, KD, just tell us why you left. That's all I want to know. I want to I want why. You never once explained it on Draymond Green's podcast. You never explained it on any interview you've ever done. In those few times you were asked directly, why did you leave Golden State? You've never answered directly. All people can still do to this day is speculate. And I know I'm going off on a tangent right there. But my point is for Eddie Johnson to say that the Warriors, or to imply at least, that the Warriors need KD is utter BS. That is, there's just no truth to that. They don't need them. The Warriors are 27 and 6 right now without him. The Warriors have beaten your sons, Eddie Johnson, two out of three times in dominating, convincing fashion once in your arena without Katie. And the second time your squad was missing, I'm sorry, Sarich and Kaminsky? That's who you're going to pull out of your rabbit hat? Or that's a rabbit you're going to pull out of your hat? While the Warriors were missing Jordan Poole, who's, I believe, what, their second leading scorer, maybe third? Clay Thompson, who's going to be coming back soon? One of the greatest shooters, in my opinion, the second greatest shooter in the history of this game. They're missing Andre Iguodala, who, again, don't count on him for the regular season. But in the postseason, his value is immeasurable. And again, they're also missing Damian Lee, who at times this season has started as the shooting guard. You're really going to sit here and compare the two. That is utterly asinine, in my opinion. Eddie Johnson, shame on you for a blatantly homerish. And what's really egregious here is blatantly just incorrect tweet. I understand you work for the Suns. I understand, you know, you you make your livelihood based on making Suns fans happy. But Bob Fitzgerald would never write or say anything like that. That was ridiculous. So, uh, and by the way, the screen sharing option, I hope you folks like that. Um, but again, the Warriors, Dub Nation, are you not happy? Are you not entertained? What a great two days. That really made my Christmas. And if you consider yourself a member of Dub Nation, I'm guessing that game made your Christmas as well. Uh, really quickly here, want to talk about one of our official sponsors of Locked On Warriors, and that's True Bill. I love sponsors where I could just naturally praise the company, naturally endorse them because I believe in them. And Truebill is one of those. I don't know how many subscriptions I have out there where I really don't know how much I'm paying. I don't know if I'm even utilizing the service. Uh, and Truebill takes care of those hassles for you. Like, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. They're a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. 
And on average, people are saving up to $720 a year with Truebill. And because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. So Draymond Green uh, was listed as what do they call that again? I'm totally brain farting today. It's like the the health and safety protocol. It's it's basically when a player uh, tests positive for COVID, they go under this protocol where until recently, I believe as as, uh, as recently as today, and I'm taping this on uh, December 27th, it's a Monday. Um, if you were placed in the health and safety protocol, you were uh, unable to play for 10 days. I believe they just reduced that to five, maybe six. Um, Waj uh, recently tweeted about that. And again, if you follow me on Twitter at Roadshow or follow the program at Twitter, um, at Locked On Dubs, I'm constantly posting information and content pertaining to the Golden State Warriors. Um, so Draymond Green uh, was recently placed there, I believe, two days ago. It was the day after the Suns game, and shortly after that, a, a few of the Suns players and coaches were placed in the health and safety protocol. Um, but again, a huge difference between last year and this year. Uh, because of the availability now of the vaccine, because there's boosters, uh, which is, again, incredibly important now, in terms of the vaccination process and for each of you to get protected. Um, I'm strongly encouraging it. And so is the vast majority of the medical community. Um, so, so the, the difference between last year and this year is last year players tested positive. There's a good chance they're suffering um, simply because again, I don't, I don't think it, my memory is not great on this, but I'm pretty sure a year ago today, the vaccine was not readily available. So if a player was in the health and safety protocol, um, that means they had it without the, the protection of the vaccine. And, and there were some players who did significantly suffer um, this year because of the vaccine. And I think more importantly now, because of the booster, um, even though like players are, are, there's, are testing positive all over the, all over the place, I'm sorry, uh, because of the fact that they are either boosted or vaccinated, um, there's a lot less suffering. A lot of players are asymptomatic um, or if they are exhibiting symptoms, they're very mild. Uh, one thing that's bothering me is how many individuals seem to put themselves in this shroud of secrecy when they test positive. Draymond Green actually came out. I think he posted on his Instagram story um, that he was feeling fine. I think he said he felt, I don't think he felt any symptoms uh, if, if I remember correctly. Um, so th there's much less concern. And really the only reason why all this is even being highlight highlighted and there's so much awareness is because of how much testing is going on. Um, and the reason why I bring this up is because, so Draymond is in health and safety protocols. Hopefully he'll be out soon. Uh, and this is the second time I believe he's tested positive. 
Um, so I'm going to share my screen again, and this is a perk if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're listening, I'm going to read a verbatim what Draymond Green wrote. So why don't, why don't I share my screen again now that I figured this whole feature out? Um, and uh, let me fix that right there. Okay, so all of you should be able to see now uh, this tweet um, or this reply. I believe Draymond Green wrote this on Instagram. Uh, where Carl Anthony Towns came out, and I think this is in a post-game press conference and answering a question, he criticized Russell Westbrook for stat padding. He basically accused Russell Westbrook of being someone whose stats do not line up with his success uh, and that he's out there getting these triple doubles in most cases simply because he's aiming for uh, gaining stats and not so much for doing what's best for his team to win. Uh, and, and in all honesty, when you look at the research, a lot of a lot of the measurables that you view on Russell Westbrook strongly confirm this. Um, it's incredible to me. I haven't bashed the Lakers as much as I should have been on this podcast simply because they are so done. Uh, LeBron James, I cannot emphasize enough to you that he is, in my opinion, that again, this is an opinion of someone who watched Michael Jordan throughout nearly his entire career. LeBron James is equivalent to Michael Jordan year one with the Wizards. The difference is Jordan was two years older and Jordan was still better. Uh, Jordan also had a much weaker supporting cast around him when he was on the Wizards. If you actually Google the Washington Wizards and look at that roster, they were horrendous. Um, there's a reason why Jordan can lead that team to the playoffs, but they were competing. Uh, they were always very close to making the playoffs. And the whole reason I bring all, bring all this up is because LeBron's Lakers right now are a joke. They suck. I believe they're two games under 500. Um, and they, they made this ridiculously horrible trade last offseason where they gave up Kuzma, uh, uh, Pope, and I think two first-round picks for Russell Westbrook. And all that's resulted in is the Wizards improving and the Lakers drastically regressing. Uh, and and if you actually watch Westbrook, he routinely guards the weakest shooter on the on the opposition. That's a huge reason why he gets all those rebounds because he guards the weakest shooter. He slacks off. He waits for the shooter to shoot, and he knows to get a rebound. He's prepared for it. Um, so Carl Anthony Towns criticized him for being a stat pattern. So uh, Draymond Green, look, I love Draymond. I think any Warriors fan would love him or does love him, and rightfully so. He's one of the greatest defenders this game's ever seen. He's the emotional leader of this Warriors team. They're not winning three championships in five years without him. They're not making five straight NBA finals without him. But my one critique of Draymond, the only thing that I have an issue with in all these years is that he signed with Clutch. I don't like Clutch. I, I don't like Clutch. Uh, and again, when I say Clutch, I'm referring to the management group um, that's headed by LeBron James's uh, friend, Rich Paul. Um, and what I don't like about him is their incredible influence on the game of basketball. I don't like LeBron's influence on the game of basketball. I don't like the fact that uh, officials oftentimes are swayed by his influence. I don't like the fact that the NBA front office oftentimes makes decisions that are in favor of what LeBron wants. Uh, and I don't know if this is because of Nike's influence, because LeBron is their number one athlete, um, I don't know if it's a popularity uh, issue where the NBA recognizes how popular LeBron is, even though he's also insanely divisive. Um, but nonetheless, his, his influence is legitimate. And 
So, you know, his best friend using LeBron's popularity creates Clutch, this management group, and Draymond Green joined him a couple years ago. And unfortunately, um, I just don't like Clutch propaganda, and Draymond Green routinely spews that. Um, and in this case, it was a little – this surprised me. This was very surprising. He came out uh, and replied to this – this uh, this I think it was an Instagram post, again, talking about Carl Anthony Towns' comments on Russell Westbrook being a stat patter patter stat patter yeah that's right um so draymond replied and said and again this is him in quarantine right now quote i once watched from the bench due to us beating the t-wolves ass and he was in the game down 20 with two minutes to go come on man stop talking to people about the quote bros unquote and yelling this is a quote brotherhood unquote Shaking my head, SMH, and then unquote for the Dream on Green comment. So I bring this up for, for a couple of reasons. Um, first and foremost is LeBron a few days ago posting one of the most ignorant pieces of content I've ever seen on social media, especially from someone with his level of prominence. And I'm going to dive into that and so much more in just a minute. We do have bills to pay. And one of those sponsors I'm referring to is amazing, Build Bar. Uh, it's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Build Bar in your plan. Build Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Everybody I've talked to loves Built Bar. I haven't tried it yet. I'm looking forward to it. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most built bars contain just 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, just four net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has nearly double the calories at 240, uh, nearly seven times the sugar at 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes, whether it's at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw it all out and replace it with Built Bars. So that way, when you're craving that snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, my favorite flavor of anything, cookies and cream. My stepson, who made a, a, a brief appearance in the last show, loves cookies and cream. That's her favorite. And Built Bars make them. Salted caramel, mint brownie, and so much more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, just use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com.
You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. It just occurred to me that I might not be recording this uh, on my my microphone. I might have forgotten to set, change the settings on that. So if my audio quality is not the greatest uh, for today's show, I do sincerely apologize for that. Um, oh, man, I did not. Well, better late than never. Okay, so hopefully it's fixed now. <laughs> all right, so. Just to finish up what I was talking about, LeBron James posted something on his Instagram account where it was the Spider-Man meme where there's more than one Spider-Man. They're pointing at each other with the message basically being like, what's the difference? In his case, the Spider-Man meme had three Spider-Mans and each one was labeled cold, flu, and COVID with his inference being they're all the same. That is ridiculous. I I hear this comment a lot. If COVID was not the number one cause of death in the world, you might have something. If COVID wasn't prevalent all year round, you might have something. If Carl Anthony Towns' entire family virtually wasn't wiped out because of this nasty thing, you might have a point. But... I'm so tired of LeBron and and for him to actually post something this ignorant just really drives me crazy. And, and, you know, and maybe that's, this was part of Carl Anthony Towns's grievance going after Russell Westbrook. I don't know what Westbrook's stance is when it comes to the pandemic and everything. And I'm sorry, people watching this who uh, don't like the COVID talk. I'm trying to keep this as limited as possible, but don't compare it to a cold or flu. I mean, that's just asinine. Okay, like colds and flus are not killing hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, uh, in this country and world. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns lost, again, nearly his entire family because of this thing. And there are plenty of other stories like that. So I I bring that up because LeBron was just so ignorant. And um, going, you know, and, and maybe there was something to that in terms of Carl Anthony Towns saying these things, because maybe someone like Carl Anthony Towns takes offense when people try to diminish the severity and the seriousness of this nasty virus. But while the Warriors are on top right now, the Lakers are a disaster. And I, it's just hearing all these people trying to make excuses for them. Uh, you know, trying to talk about, well, you know, maybe they might get Kendrick Nunn back at some point. That's going to change things. The Lakers are done. They are such a finished organization. Their own bloggers are the only people pushing out narratives about a potential trade. The Lakers can't make a trade. They can't. They can't acquire anyone out there. The names I've heard recently are uh, Ben Simmons is one name. Who is on the Lakers roster that Philly wants? There isn't anyone, maybe Anthony Davis, maybe, but you already have Joel Embiid. So why would you want, I mean, I guess a front court like that would be intriguing, but I don't know if the Lakers would give up Anthony Davis. 
for Ben Simmons. That is actually interesting. I, I, I suppose that could be a trade, but um, I, 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 even there, I don't know if Philly does that. Maybe they would, but I don't know if the Lakers do that. Regardless, the Lakers are screwed. They're just they're in huge trouble. I'm looking at the standings right now. They're seventh just because of of how poor the bottom half of the Western Conference is this year. Um, they're two games below 500. And they're, they're just, I mean, they're not going to get, they don't have resources to get big players. Jeremy Grant of the Detroit Pistons is another name that was, that's been floated out there. Who, who outside of, again, maybe Anthony Davis, are the Lakers going to trade for him? You have to match salaries. Taylor Horton Tucker is the one name that Lakers fans and other so-called experts in the media environment throw out there as a potential, uh, as potential trade bait, but he makes 10 million a year. So if you want someone like Simmons or a Jeremy Grant, you got to add another 10 to 15 million to that for, for that to even be a possibility. Who else are you throwing in there that teams want? I and mean, if you're Detroit, why would you want Taylor Horton Tucker and give up Grant in the process? Grant's still fairly young. If you're the 76ers and the Lakers are coming at you offering Taylor Horton Tucker for Ben Simmons, is that the best that the Sixers can get for him? I think they can do better. And again, you have to match salaries because Ben Simmons is making approximately $35 million a year. So that wouldn't work anyways. The Lakers have given up all their first-round draft picks virtually for nearly the next 10 years. I know they might have one here and there, but they don't have a lot. And going back to this whole clutch thing, going back to this whole LeBron thing, um, Iman Shumpert was uh, recently on a podcast, and this is a great interview where he was talking a lot about those four uh, infamous Warriors, Cavaliers, NBA finals, where I think he was involved in three of those. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I don't, I, I think that's correct, but I don't know for sure. But the point is, he was showing love to Clay Thompson, he was showing some love to Stephen Curry. He was showing some love to Draymond Green, talking about how Green is a player that you you want to have on your team. You hate him if he's not on your team. Um, and he also says simultaneously, he echoed sentiments that I've been preaching for 10 plus years now about LeBron, which is that he ruined the game of basketball. And what Amon Shumpert meant by that is, is that LeBron always puts himself first. And that's my biggest issue with him. And that's my biggest issue with an organization like Clutch. There's just so much ego there. Like all these things stand for is to make LeBron look good and make his buddies look good. LeBron is never about the community. He's never about the team. He's all about himself. And his influence is so strong that every team he goes to, he basically takes over the GM role. He's not a GM. This is someone with a high school education who is on the verge of running now not one but two teams to the ground and forcing them to rebuild. And you can even make the argument he ran two Cavalier teams to the ground, so that's three teams total he's run to the ground. And teams give him this power, and he's now destroyed the Lakers. I honestly never had that much of, a, of an issue with the Laker fan base because I didn't mind the Kobe Shaq teams in the early 2000s. I liked Kobe as a player. And the Warriors were so bad when Kobe was so good that I, that you, as a Warriors fan, you kind of have to always like gain interest in other teams sometimes or follow other teams sometimes. And I, again, Kobe to me was the closest thing we're going to ever see to Jordan. And I liked watching him play. I'm not saying you're saying I, I rooted for them to win their championships, but I didn't have that much of an issue with their fan base until LeBron got there. 
I have an issue with LeBron's fan base. They are annoying. They are ignorant. They are naive. They cherry pick stats and make them look good. And I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why there is this worship level following of LeBron James. Is he one of the greatest players in the history of the game? Yes. Is he the greatest? Heck no. Don't ever come at me with a, a player who went four and six in the finals as being the GOAT. And, uh, you know, and now he's about to run this Lakers team to the ground. And <laughs> I have to laugh because the Warriors are my team. And the Lakers are done. They're done. When the season ends, my prediction is the Lakers will not even make the playoffs. That's not a strong prediction. My strong prediction is, regardless, the Lakers aren't going to do anything. Even if they get to the playoffs, they're, they're, they're not going to go deep at all. But... At this point, I don't even see them making the playoffs. They're just 10 and 10 at home. They're six and eight on the road. They're two games over, uh, under 500. They're four and six in the last 10. And, and their strength of schedule is, has been weak. Like they're not playing great teams and now they're losing to bad teams. And it's because of LeBron. He picked this team. He picked this roster. And Iman Shumpert, again, said he was bad for basketball because all LeBron's ever been about is himself. He's, he's, he's promoting selfishness as a positive attribute in a team sport. So uh, I can't help but smile knowing that the Lakers are done <laughs> and, uh, and that LeBron is done. I mean, he's going to turn 37 years old this year. Again, he's he's going to put up the numbers. I mean, I'm not sitting here telling you that he's not an all-star. I mean, he's obviously still a worldly player, but he's not the same player he was. Defensively, he's a borderline liability. I interviewed Skip Bayless uh, last week uh, with Rick Barry, and Skip brought up a great point. How can you call LeBron the GOAT when you can't even trust him to shoot free throws at the end of a game? I mean, he tries to avoid fouls for that reason. So, uh... I mean, officially, the LeBron era is not over, but unofficially, it is. And I'm done bashing the Lakers, spending this much time on them. Um, look, the Warriors, again, they're at the top. Yeah, the best record in the NBA, 27-6. and six. Uh, Interesting week ahead for the team, schedule-wise. Uh, on Tomorrow, which is December 28th, they, they're at home playing the Nuggets. And Jokic has been putting up insane numbers. Look at, look at his stat sheet. And uh, and then two days later, they're on the road playing the Nuggets again, which is always a hit or miss game for them because of that altitude. That does give them problems. Um, but the great news for the Warriors is chances are for those games, Wiggins and Poole will be back. I don't know if Damian Lee's going to be back. Uh, I don't think Draymond Green will be playing. Um, but at least you're getting Jordan Poole back. At least you're getting Wiggins back. So far, we haven't heard anything about Stephen Curry, which is a huge positive. Let's hope he continues playing, continues to play and put up these MVP numbers. By the way, what a game from him in Phoenix. And just what a week for him. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he's the MVP of the year. Um, and then the Warriors wrap up a fairly difficult week uh, in terms of schedule by playing at Utah. Um that game worries me. Like the Utah Jazz are a fantastic team. Um, a lot of their fans consider me to be a hater, and I do sincerely apologize for that. I was recently just on the Locked On NBA podcast, and um, 
I said what I think a lot of people are saying, which is that, look, the Jazz, are they are a great team. But the track record shows the regular season is their platform. The postseason, where it truly counts, not their platform. Um, so when the Warriors travel there this Saturday, and, and the Jazz have been relatively uh, COVID-free in terms of the health and safety protocol, I don't know if they've had a single player go, go on there yet. I don't know if this is a makeup for last year when Rudy Gobert basically shut down the world. <laughs> I don't know if you folks remember that horrendous moment. Um, I mean, got Donovan Mitchell super pissed off at him for a little while, and rightfully so. But uh, so that's the week ahead for the Warriors. I predict a two-in-one week. I think they're going to lose one of those games somewhere. Um, just because the urgency for the regular season is just not there for the Warriors like it is for some other team. So there will be letdown games occasionally, but they're on top of the mountain, my friends. They are at the top. Your Golden State Warriors are the clear-cut favorites to win the world championship this year. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. I'm constantly posting content about the Warriors there. Uh, and then you can also follow this program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Um, Dieter Kernbach is going to be hosting tomorrow. And then I'll be behind the wheel Wednesday and Thursday. Dieter's in Florida. Um, and that was the only day this whole week is available. So we're, we're not able to schedule a joint show. So that's going to be for the following week. Um, and then I'm sure I'm going to have some guests for Wednesday and Thursday. I'm going to try to routinely make my shows when Dieter is not around uh, to be guest heavy, just because I, a, I don't know if you're watching this, or listening to this just for me. Um, but I love different perspectives. I love conducting interviews and, um, and the people I bring on are experts covering the warriors. So hopefully if I'm not giving you the, uh, the insights that, give you that extra information and give you that extra assurance of just how amazing the team is. Maybe these experts that I bring on are. So, um, so I'll be back on Wednesday. Now make your second listen locked on bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Folks, I will see you on Wednesday. Uh, you'll see D Dieter Kernbach tomorrow. Um, until then, rest knowing the Warriors are the best team in the NBA with the best record, and they're the clear-cut favorites for that world championship, folks. That would be Stephen Curry's fourth championship, and Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala all getting four, and they're on track for that, and Steve Kerr, their head coach. Um, so I will see you Wednesday. You'll see Dieter tomorrow. Until then, I hope your holidays are going great, uh, and we'll talk soon. Later.